Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash-flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, Corey. Great to be here. Really excited to have you share a story. And I don't think I can hear these types of stories enough, but it's the story of going from single family to multifamily. And I just think that it is such a inspiring type of story out there that I don't think we ever get enough of. But before we get started, just give everybody a little bit of brief background about you and your company and what you've been doing. Sure. Sounds good, Corey. So yeah, lifetime W-2 employee at the age of 50, about six years ago, realized needed some more passive income, horizontal lines of income. So started reading several books, joined a single family mentoring group, and then some multifamily ones along the way. And then realized this real estate journey would be driving some of the passive income. And so so we started with a single family group. And so even though I started later in life, I still tried to learn rather quickly, meaning we did one buy and hold of a duplex. And we realized that those doors, it wasn't going to get us exactly where we wanted to go. We did one fix and flip with a partner. And we realized, that that was just top line income. That was a transaction. That wasn't investing. So then we started shifting to multifamily. Initially, as limited partner, passive investors, we learned the ropes. And then we said we wanted to go bigger, faster. So then we went up and scaled to general partners in several deals. That is a wonderful way to do it. And I love exactly. So let's kind of break that open a little bit. Because everybody thinks that, oh gosh, I got to do my own deals. And a lot of times in the beginning, sometimes you learn a lot from just being an LP on deals. So let's start there. What did you learn about deals in the multifamily side from the LP side? Sure. You bet, Corey. And just like the single family felt like an individual sport, like I'm playing tennis or golf. When you get to multifamily, it's a team sport. And then we realized people have their strengths and weaknesses. And we had to figure out over time, what was our strengths? So it's my wife, son, and I that invest together as kind of a family. My wife and I have some separate money we invest. We invest as a family LLC. So we do that a number of ways. And so what we realized is that we were fine with a strategy while like I'm still employed of of having a small slice of a very large pie and multifamily and on the general partner side. So then we specialize in the middle of the transaction, the earnest money, the key principle guaranteeing the debt, and then capital raising. And then that's where I created this McKee Capital Group to help bring in some of my high-tech people, friends and family, to educate them on the power of multifamily investing and how you might be able to double your money in five years and keep doing that over and over again while it's throwing off passive income. And then that's been our journey. So that was really, so on the LP side, it was just initially coming in to learn about the deals. But then you started saying, how do we get more involved, right? And how do we get, G- really, the answer becomes, how do I make GP, right? How do I get with the syndicators that I know, like, and trust? Are those the same general partners that you were limited partners in? And you just said, hey, how do I add value or... 
So two sets of partners. We started off with one group. We entered in as limited partners and there were general partners. So we invested as LPs into five deals in Texas. And those all went well, five different groups, five different lead sponsors. Then we joined another group where our son could leverage our membership and the other group. And that one, we've had some repeat sponsors. We've done deals with some of the same people over and over again. So we've done 10 deals in 18 months as co-sponsors. So 2,500 units, 200 million assets under management. Again, it's a small slice of a very large pie. We're buying from 100 units to 800 units property, class B and C from Texas to Florida. And by being on the sponsorship side, tell me when you're saying sponsor, just so everybody listening, what is that detail? Yes. So a sponsor can also be considered a general partner, people that are leading the deal, that are uh, actively finding it. So they're sourcing the deal. We're getting down the financing. We're bringing in equity partners, and then we're managing the deal with the property manager. So we have asset management on our team that manages the third-party property manager day in and day out to maximize the net operating income for that asset over time for the investor returns. Right. And so on these deals, when you start sponsoring, those are the ones that you found or like just trying to just to break that open a little bit? Yeah. We've got teams of people specialize in uh, broker relationships, finding on-market deals, doing the letter of intent, doing the purchase and sale agreement. They're part of this organization that we're part of. So that's the acquisition specialist. Then they bring us in saying, hey, we need some earnest money down. We need some money for due diligence. We need the loan app fee. So then we help provide some of that upfront liquidity. It's also called at-risk capital. Then key principal guarantor on the Fannie, Freddie, or bridge debt. So I've been a KP doing all of those. And then we start raising capital, uh, some of our own capital from the GP team. So say at least 10% of the equity comes from us. And then the other equity comes from our network of people, friends, family, and the network. Yep. And what's lovely about this, and this is why I love multifamily, is there's always a way to fit in. There's lots of ways to get in and fit in, right? Quite a few examples, by the way, of how you can do this and add value to someone that either has it or, or a true syndicator that's out there does it. And he's like, why does he need me? Listen, usually guys like me are always looking for guys like Jeff and his company. In other words, hey, listen, Jeff's like, hey, listen, I've got a good balance sheet myself, right? I make income so I can help you with that. We can put that first money, like that earnest money, or not only is there earnest money involved, but there's lots of other things you got to pay for before you get going, right? And investors may not want to be a part of that, right? And so sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, but sometimes you got to have just that money available. And you're like, hey, listen, I'll do that. And they'll say, great, if you'll do that, we'll give you a part of the GP because it's truly at-risk capital. Meaning if this deal doesn't close, Jeff don't get any of his money back. That's right. Right? So you got to understand the risk for it, but there's always a risk versus reward, right? And usually that's done in underwriting the syndicator itself or that group, right? Right, exactly. And then in our scenario, we have more money than time. Other people may have more time than money, and they may be great at acquisition, broker relationships, finding off-market deals. Yep. Maybe they're trolling LoopNet looking for an opportunity. And so then you may have people and the boots on the ground, they're in the local market, they add a lot of value. And so then there's certain people like us have the more money than time at this stage in, in our lives. And then we partner with others and we provide some of that liquidity to the partnership. Exactly. And that's valuable, right? When people are looking at partners and who can we bring on, 
when you say, hey, listen, I can do this and I can not only can I raise money, but I'm willing to put a little bit of money up the front that like, hold on. Uh, yeah, I need to know Jeff, right? Jeff, let me invite you into this deal. And then that becomes the art of negotiating what you guys want, a part of the whole structure, right? Right. And becoming a true partner in the deal. Exactly. And we're looking out for the partnership. We're looking out for all the limited partners of how do we increase value in this whole equation. And some of these deals are very hard to come by. As you know, you might underwrite 100 deals to land one. And so there's a lot of competitive bidding going on now, the cap rate compression. Yes. And so these deals are sometimes hard to come by, but we try yeah. and present deals to our investors like every other month. Right. And then not only that, but what you just said too, is you came from a background where you have a bunch of people that you know that have money and they're always looking for opportunities. That's right. And so, and th what a great use of your W-2 is a lot of people that are in the same spot, right? Yeah. And I didn't know what multifamily investing was five, six years ago. And I started researching some of this stuff. And then it opened up this whole world about inflation hedge and all the whole depreciation. And we hired some tax planning and strategy people to help us identify what my wife and I should be doing. And ultimately, she ended up leaving her W-2 job to qualify as a real estate professional to offset my active income as a W-2. And so she runs a short-term rental for us. She does a lot of the multifamily. She'll go out and do the due diligence with our teams on site at all these properties. And so that was a strategy and a path that we went down. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. And that is so valuable, right? Because it's not always what you make, it's what you get to keep. Exactly. And if you're paying a lot to Uncle Sam, uh, you definitely want to get as much as you can back. And so tax strategies are real. Our tax rate in 2019 was 35%. In 2020, went down to 15%. And hopefully, when we look at all the negative K-1s that we're going to get from 2021, it'll be you know closer to 5%. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. Yeah, exactly. In other words, you get a refund. Right, exactly. A big refund. It's funny. The last three years I've got refunds, right? Because I pay myself as an employee. Yeah. And I've always gotten my W-2 money that I pay in, always get back, right? It's yeah. kind of funny. It's like... It doesn't feel right, but how are you getting a refund? I'm like, because I don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Right? I'm just playing by the rules, but there's rules out there for us to really benefit from that, especially right now. This year is like our last year of bonus. That's right. Yeah, 100% bonus appreciation 2022, then it drops to 80, 60, 40, and eventually goes away. Yeah, so this is a big year to go out and go big and try to get as many deals as you can. Totally agree. Yeah. So... In that journey of like starting, what, five, you said six years ago? Correct. To where you're at now, what would the one thing you would want to convey for like listeners, like listening to this, all of a sudden they're like, whoa, wait, I might be working at a job or what would you want to convey to them? Yeah, I would say for us, we found looking at our financial future of retirement, we needed some of this outside passive income for us to feel comfortable going towards retirement instead of just socking everything in the 401k. That wasn't going to get us there. And then as we went through this journey, we found the power of partnering as we talked about. And we've joined a paid mentoring group. We've gone to free groups. And so I think being around other people at like-minded and that are 
work very aggressive with going after multifamily. That's served us well over the last several years. And so I think the power of partnering can't be underestimated in this area, which you may not feel comfortable with initially, but you surround yourself with people that know more than you, and then you start learning, and then you start giving back to the community. Yep. And being in the right group means a lot. It really does, right? Being in some type of group where you can either share resources or being in the right mastermind, we'll call it, right? I'm not sure which one you belong to, but yeah. uh, we have one as well. And and for the same thing, people in my mastermind, they're like, dude, this is, this is awesome, right? Because everybody gets together. We're kind of like, hey, who's got deals? Who needs money? And we all kind of get together and help form these buying groups that go out and do this stuff. Exactly. And it's way easier to work as a team than it is as an individual, especially when you're looking at big deals. Yeah. And you'd be surprised at how much people want to help each other out. I mean, obviously I do it all the time. And so I love educating people, helping them on their journey, pointing them in the right direction, like a mentor. And so I think this space is really good for, there isn't a lot of this competition or co-opetition. I think there's people generally trying to help each other out. Yeah, I agree too. I would say almost hands down, the difference in my single family groups, right? This more little me, 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 or I, 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 and you go into multifamily and it's really just becomes more we. Exactly. It, it's very uncommon to have one guy doing it all. That's right. Especially right. if you're doing a 300 unit, a 400 unit to try and do the whole end syndication can be overwhelming. And that's where if you break it up into chunks and expertise and surround, you have a great team, then it's manageable. Yeah, it's taken a long time. Even for us, I would say we do most of it ourselves because it's evolved. And for the difference between, I guess, my company is that we've just hired the employees as we go, right? But a lot of times, start out, I don't want an employee. I just want a partner because I don't want to pay anybody. Like we only get paid when we win. Right. <laughs> right. And that's really the route that most people go. And I think it's the easiest route. And as long as everybody is communicating correctly on what their job is and responsibilities are, what would you say to that? What have you learned about that role, like communication and stuff like that? in these different syndications. Yeah, I mean, I think to be open, transparent, frequent communications, and like you were saying in, in your meetings, you know, having meetings where like, hey, I've got a deal, I need these positions filled, who was interested in helping out? So communicating, over-communicating, both among the general partner community, but also the limited partners and what's happening with the deal and the status. Yeah, I, that can happen enough. Like truly systematic updates and what's going on, whether there's Good, bad, or ugly is just the news, right? Yeah, exactly. And then some of the tools nowadays are pretty amazing, like some of the back office tools that we use, software as a service in the cloud, and it's a single portal where all the documents are and the communication happens and the ACH checks flow through. And so some of the software and solutions have really helped out multifamily, especially for like limited partners and then organizing it for general partners. Yeah. So what systems do you like now? Are you guys uh, Syndication Pro or? Yeah, we do Syndication Pro. So it's fun. I'm so close to maybe making a move. Yeah. I've been using IMS, Investor Management Solutions. Right. And everybody that I've talked to now has said, dude, Syndication Pro is way easier. Yeah, it's really good. And you know, every quarter they come out with enhancements, like they didn't have the bulk ACH for a while, now they do. And they have all these things that happen over time, but it's a pretty slick system. And I would say our investors, we haven't had any issues and it's really yeah. easy to onboard Logging into the portal, seeing what they got, understanding. Yep. And that's really what you want. At the end of the day, you just want something where... People can log in, they see what they got, and they're like, okay. So when you go out and raise capital for these syndications, 
are you doing some type of blind pool fund or like do you have your own fund of funds that you like to invest with or are you just saying we're bringing everybody that i got into the syndication and you're sharing everybody's contact information at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. So we do single purpose LLC apartment communities. These are all one-off. It's not part of a fund. So these are one-off. These are all the 506B as in boys. So these are, we can handle up to 35 non-accredited. We can't advertise. We've got to have a pre-existing relationship with these investors. So I spend a lot of time in the evenings on the phone with potential investors to determine if this is the right type of investment for them and understand what their goals are. And so that's what I basically do is meet a lot of potential investors as well as people I've known for years and years and years and talk to them about multifamily investing. Yep. And we do the same now. And I guess the question is, so what I'm trying to get at is so, and there's not a right or wrong answer, right? So I, I know this is what we've found out in the past and what we found is just easiest. Like, so when we have people that are going to be, that are partners with us, right? In our GP, a lot of times you just got to say, here's the deal. <laughs> We're all coming together. Everybody's going to go in this thing and everybody's going to be able to have visibility. We're not going to go try and be like, Jeff, I'm not going to go try and call all your people. Yeah. Those are your relationships, right? I'm not going to put them in my database system to go out and email them and say, you want another deal. Right. You got to respect that relationship. And that's what I see happen most of the time. Yeah. And then some people are like, no, I want you to see anything. And so they got to create their own fund. Right. Right. Some type of blind pool fund so they can just come in and give you one check. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. I find that most people, it's too complicated right. for a lot of people. Yeah. So Syndication right? Pro has the functionality for you to be a co-sponsor. So you have your own slice of that particular deal you're raising for, and other people yep. can't see your investors. And so you're all, basically, it's you're cordoned off from one another, even though it ultimately rolls up to that one investment opportunity. You could have- oh, So I didn't know that. Yeah. You could have two, three, four. And if you get an enterprise license, you can have an unlimited number of co-sponsors on Syndication Pro. Hey, so listen, when your host learns something, <laughs> I'm writing that down. So now that's going to be an absolute question. I've got a, uh, I think it's next or the end of this week, Friday, I've got a one-on-one with Syndication Pro. Yeah. I have them go to the platform. I'm going to ask them that exact question. Oh, yeah. Because that's one of the problems that we've had so far is that we're rolling up investors. We're seeing all their people. I don't necessarily want to see them. Right. But in IMS, I don't have the option to shield them. Yeah. And I want to shield them, but I just don't have the option to shield them. Right. Right? Yeah. And you're right about the no poaching agreement among the general partners. I won't poach your investors, vice versa. So there's like some understood things. And then there's the technology part of it where it's actually separated. Yeah. And that's, which is really cool. Yeah. Right. So, and that makes it clean. So then your investors are seeing your piece of it and like, and interacting with you more so than everybody else, right? Exactly. And that's when a communication goes through Syndication Pro to the actual investors in that deal, like every month we'll send something out. It actually flows through, then it grabs my McKee Capital branding and sends that out. Even though it's one central message that goes to all the investors, it basically comes through my portal and goes out to those specific investors of mine. That's beautiful. Oh, man. Now I'm really interested, right? Yeah. Just because that makes it so easier when you have one of the deals we talked about this year was key partnerships, right? Yeah. Strategic relationships. And meaning these are like people like Jeff that come out and say, hey, I want to be a part of your deal. I can raise some capital. I know this and we're going to add value. We're all going to do it together. So I, we've got a lot of those key relationships and 
that's a software that we're not using that I'm going to really jump into. Great find, by the way. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And you're like the fourth person that says, Corey, why are you still using the software? It's too institutionalized. It doesn't do what we really do. Right. Right. And what we really need. Yeah. Great. And I know those guys. I've seen them at many events, but I just into your rut of here's the way I do it. So, Jeff, you're making my day already. Right. Perfect. <laughs> Everybody listening right now, write down Syndication Pro, underline it. <laughs> what other things have you learned along the way that have made you think, wow, this is pretty cool? Yeah. Like you had mentioned the bonus depreciation. I guess I didn't think enough about that and exactly how it works. And I didn't realize as a general partner, you could also have a negative K-1 bonus depreciation and things allocated to you. Some groups do it certain ways. It depends how your private placement memorandum is created by the SEC lawyer, your PPM. And the way ours are created is the GP share in that depreciation of the bonus depreciation. So the whole cost segregation, bonus depreciation was new and amazing to me how you could offset your long-term capital gains, which is a given like for basically everybody. And then there's this other little part, if you're really active and as you look into that, then you could realize there are certain things you can do that the IRS allows, which is this whole real estate professional designation. And that can offset active income, which is just taking it to another level. And those are the things that surprised me. Yeah. That was like a powerful button, by the way. Yeah. You guys, for everybody listening, what he's talking about is when you can get the designation of a what's called real estate professional, that means you can offset your K-1 losses to all other ordinary income. So let's say you're like, Jeff, if you got another job that you're making, or for my fix and flippers, if you start holding some stuff and keeping that, right, then you're all of a sudden like, now I'm a real estate professional already, but now I can offset my fix and flip income, right? And that becomes huge. I have a lot of investors that own a lot of rental properties and they still have big info businesses. Yeah. And they're making lots of money from that. They're like, Corey, I've got to invest in your apartments because I need to have the depreciation. Yeah. They're not getting that. So that creates value. If they're self-managing, then those hours can count towards real estate professional status. So there's basically consult with your CPA and it's a 750 hours or more. It's got to be more than your W-2 hours. It's irregardless of income because people ask, well, what if I work 500 hours W-2 and I have a huge income because I'm a contract laborer, for example, and then I work a thousand hours as a real estate professional and legitimate, I documented it and all that. I said, it's not amount of the money, even if you didn't make any money as a real estate professional and you made a million in 500 hours as a W-2, it's all about the hours. And so that's what you can run by your own CPA. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. Yep. And one of the easier ways is like if you have a spouse that's not, you know, like have them get a license and start managing because that's really easy versus... So there's lots of ways to do that. Always consult with your CPA, but it is an amazing tool if you understand the framework of how it works. And again, most of life's lessons is learning how to solve the problems, right? 
And governments create these little things, and there are always ways around if you're curious enough to ask questions. Yeah. yeah. So ask lots of questions. Exactly. I think that's always helpful. Yeah. The second thing that amazed me, Corey, about multifamily was that single families, one through four, is based upon comparables. The comparables in the area within a mile, the appraiser does that. Well, commercial, five and above, let's say multifamily apartment communities, it's based upon like the net operating income, revenue minus expenses before the debt. And that, to me, this whole notion of forced appreciation, being able to go into a property to be able to upgrade the units from the classic units to the renovated units and increase the rents two, three, four hundred dollars for that because the residents get benefit out of all these new appliances, the new countertops, et cetera. That whole forced appreciation. And then you can also improve the outside. You can change out the LED lights of the community, redo the paving, put in some of the covered parking. You put in pergolas, barbecue grill, maybe you redo the gym. And so there's things that you can do as an owner operator that forces appreciation, that drives up your net operating income and just a little bit of expense reduction, a little bit of revenue increase. It's amazing what it can do to the value of a property when you start dealing with 100, 200, 400 doors. It really starts to compound and all of a sudden you're looking at it like, whoa, there's a couple of zeros there, right? Yeah. That's nice, right? And then you put a little time into it bake the cake for five years, maybe not always five years, but you're baking the cake and all of a sudden when it's rising and it's to the top, it's ready to pull out. You're like, man, that's a good looking cake. <laughs> exactly. Have you went through the full cycle yet of being able to sell some of these uh, uh, deals when you first started? I think four of the five are selling in 2022 of the original limited partner investments. Yeah. And then our general partner ones are aged about 18 months. So those still have a little bit of ways to they're go. They're still cooking. Yeah. But they're banked. They're there, man. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And we got in at a good time. We got good fixed rate debt on it as before interest rates, before this whole inflation tsunami has been ratcheting up the last couple months here into early 2022. So yeah, we're pretty fortunate to be in 15 deals right now. Yeah. I always say for us, we were starting to like this year, we have two properties that are maturing, we'll call it, right? These are ones we've owned for five years, right? And it's like, and what a great time to be really selling. I wish they were ready about another three months ago, four months ago. They're not. Right. Because interest rates are going up. So is inflation. It's still here. It's still a big deal. So for the time being, I think we're in a great spot. And that is the beauty of just buying and holding. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the difference we're talking about from that perspective of why multifamily is so attractive. And from you is someone that's, hey, I'm older, I, I needed to find some solutions. You found something that's really working and probably faster than you thought, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, much faster. Even when I did a net worth statement, you know, two years ago, then a year ago, then now, it's just like amazing what the real estate can do on the balance sheet and to your overall net worth. Yeah, that PFS really starts to jive Especially when you're in part of these multi, even if it's a nick, it's a little piece, of slice, you keep adding that together. You're like, wait a second. Yeah. Hold on. Right? Exactly. That's the part that really makes you grin yeah. and smile because you're like, I'm not building this today. And here's the other thing, payouts, right? It doesn't always pay out as much as you want in the beginning, but you see the value creation along the way. 
That's right. Talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah. And so what we do on our deals, we've been doing an 8% preferred return, which is cumulative. So if we don't pay out in the first year, like you said, that's common in some of these deals. We roll that 8% to year two on top of that 8%. So by the end of year two, our targeted plan on the pro forma, the underwriting is to pay out 16% to limited partners and then to keep paying 8% a year after that until we sell the asset. And like you were touching earlier, our goal is to double the amount of capital someone puts in in five to six years. That's typically how we do our underwriting is if someone puts in 100K, our plan is to have some distributions along the way. So let's say 40% and 40K and then 60K at the back end of the long-term capital gain. So a total of 100 plus the return of capital of 100. So our goal in five to six years is to have a 200 total back to the investor. Yeah. For anybody, I'm wondering what that means. It's like 20% return. Yeah. Exactly. Underwrite typically 15% internal rate of return to 18% in that range, reasonably conservative. And then basically double the money, 10% cash on cash. Annual target is what we're targeting. And we have that 8% pref that helps provide priority to the passive investors, the limited partners. Yep. And so far, what would you say just in like when you're looking on the decision to do that, what would your wife say about that decision? Yeah. I mean, I think she definitely enjoyed going out to these properties and investing in multifamily because it was totally different than what we've been doing. We were just doing raising the three kids, the two W2 jobs, and this is a whole different scene. So now she's got the short-term rental. She's got these multifamily that she'll go out and do the due diligence on and participate in the asset management calls. So it's a whole nother world for us. And I think it's also super educational. I think we're learning all the time, every week, something new from others. And hopefully we're sharing with others too. And I think that's somewhat inspirational to be able to be doing something you enjoy and learning along the way. And then just to see this whole nest egg grow and grow. And then we're also trying to leave a legacy for our kids. And right. we, have, we have one investing with us and the other two. It's like we made the right decision. This is yeah. the right path, right? It's, and really it's probably synced you guys a lot, it sounds like. Oh yeah. And like, we understand the vision, where we're going, what we're doing. It makes sense. We're all on board. Yeah, exactly. And like you said earlier, she was able to leave her W-2 job to become a real estate professional. So she understands the big picture. So she committed to doing that. And so she's been doing a lot of the real estate business while I'm doing the W-2 and talking to some investors in the evenings and weekends. Right. And just working it, working it, working it. Yeah. How exciting, right? Yeah. So what does Jeff's future look like down the road? Where do you see yourself going? Yeah. So I think we'll be active for the next several years at doing four to five deals per year, bringing them to my investor pool, continuing to add investors and show them these opportunities. And then as we start getting into the early 60 years of age, then we start going back to passive investors. We start taking some of these full cycle deals and reinvesting them, but starting to be as an LP. And then our son that's very involved in the business will start taking over some of the active GPs stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So again, just following the plan, I'm ready to retire. I don't want to work forever. This was part of my full picture was to get active now to set us up for passive later. And I love what you said, Jeff, about the cycle, right? And that's really what it's about. People, when they mature that cake bakes, there's usually a nice big fat paycheck at the end of that. Right. And it's taking that money and then reinvesting it one more time back in the system that really creates the income and passive income that sets you free for life. That's right. Right? So this has happened now quite a few times 
with me and my company, and it's pretty amazing when you make a three or four, five million dollar chunk of money, and you're like, wow. Then you go and buy your next deal where it's just you. Yeah. It's just your company and your money, and you're like, watch that compound five years from now. Yeah. Right? And watch that thing explode. Yeah. It gets really powerful. Then you start thinking about family office. It truly becomes legacy money. Yep, exactly. So with that said, love the story and your energy too, right? I can just tell you're so in love with the trajectory of where you're going. And it sounds like you've got your family all in. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The family is definitely a big factor in, in this. So yeah, we've got the like... And what does that mean to you? It's great. Like I'm part of one of the masterminds that I wrote a best-selling book last year. And it's like bringing value, solving problems and leaving a legacy. And my little chapter in the book is about going from single family to multifamily and then having one of our kids along the way and being part of it from the beginning. And so, yeah, that's been really cool. Yeah, because that's the gift that keeps giving, yeah. right? That one kid be like, I got it. I got the download. I'm in, I'm hooked, right? Yeah, exactly. That is so amazing. Thank you for your time, by the way. Thank you for coming on this show. Yeah, thank you for having me, Corey. As we start to wrap it up, what books or what have you been reading out there that's really had an impact to you? Would you like any books you would like to share? Sure. As many people read the Purple Books, so a Rich Dad Poor Dad started it off for me six years ago. Then quickly, I read Cashflow Quadrant, and I realized I wanted to go from basically an employee quadrant of high taxes to an investor quadrant of no taxes. So there was that. Then I followed that up with Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. Again, strategies about how do you get to zero taxes legitimately? The government wants us to provide housing for other Americans in the workforce. And doing so, we get some massive tax write-off, tax benefits. That's how the IRS tax code has been created. And then most recently, in terms of scaling, I think I was able to hire a virtual assistant because it's Who Not How, a Dan Sullivan book. So Who Not How teaches you about you're good at certain things, but some of the repetitive things, you can have other people work with you and take care of those tasks. And so then I had full-time virtual assistant helping me with this uh, real estate business. Lovely. And that is the truth, man. Once the Who Not How, great book, by the way. All those books are great. All those books I've read, they've all changed my life. Rich Dad and Poor Dad, I read that in 2004. Um, that's the book that changed my life forever as well. And it's very profound. You're like, wow. And even in 2015, when you read it, right? Yep. Still just as profound then as it back was 2004 when I read it, right? Exactly. And it's just finding that, it's like opening up your mind to something you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. And then once you know, you can't unknow it. So great job at taking action. Love your journey, love your story, and love your passion. Um, so if people want to learn about more about your company, where do they find you at? Sure. You can go to keycapitalgroup.com and then I've got blogs, videos. I've got the portfolio of closed deals that are out there. You can connect with me that way. And it's also Jeff at mckeycapitalgroup.com. Wonderful. Listen, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, listen, this is a great example of there's lots of ways to get in multifamily. It's all about adding value. It's all about creating a choice and really believing in yourself. Jeff had a vision, got inspired by a book, took action, and then he believed in himself enough to start taking action. And I will mention he joined group. He joined a place where he could get community. It's one thing to be book read, but there's also another thing to be mentored, right? And so I'm going to give a quick plug to my event. It's my last event I'm doing this year, Jeff, Yep. ever, right? I'm getting out of the education space. But if you go to kahunaboardroom.com for 1500 bucks, we will teach you 
the ins and outs of multifamily as I've known it. It's a great journey. It's the last time I'm ever gonna do this event because quite frankly, I make a lot more money just being an owner operator. But I still love to give back. That's why I have this podcast and why I have great people like Jeff on the show. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible.